Hey, everybody. Zach Watovich here on The Building Code. You may notice that today I am flying solo. So this is a special episode. It's the first time The Building Code has a single host in my time of hosting The Building Code. Charlie couldn't be here today. No big deal. It's only a day to talk about data and construction trends. You know, all the wonderful stuff that goes on on The Building Code. Today we have Russ Stevens, found, co-founder of the Association of Professional Builders. Russ, he's been on The Building Code a number of times. We always have great conversations. He helps run... Uh, he helps run an association of co- business coaching for construction professionals, and now he's in four countries. He'll tell us all about it, and I don't want to spoil too much, but it's going to be fantastic. So stick around, and let's get Russ in here to talk about the Association of Professional Builders and their data report to talk about trends in the construction industry. Russ Stevens, welcome back to The Building Code. It's great to see you again. Uh, thanks so much, Zach. It's, uh, it's great to be here. I love, uh, I love chatting with you. Uh, with, I think we're missing your wingman. Though. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know Charlie's a, he's an important guy here at Builder Trend. So today he had something come up suddenly. And so we're going to have to do our best without him. I'm sure, you know, this might be become my favorite episode just because I got to carry it without, without my guy. <laughs> now, now, Russ, you've been on the building code a number of times. And, and before we went on air here, we were just talking about you know, you were just in Las Vegas for the International Builder Show. How was it? How was Vegas? You were, you were saying it was a little chilly, and I had the same experience, uh, even for someone from Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Vegas was, as always, absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's just the the quality of the people that you meet there. Um, you know, forward-thinking people, you know, both exhibitors and builders alike. Uh, but yeah, like you say, it uh, it was a bit fresh there, especially especially for us Queenslanders heading over <laughs> from Australia. We're just not used to it. Especially this time of year. Do you go to the International Builder Show every year? Do you try to make it out there? Well, unfortunately, we were due to be there last year, but uh, with all the restrictions, uh, we just could not be sure if we were allowed out of Australia. So we had to pull the pin. And fortunately, IBS were yeah were very understanding and uh, allowed us to transfer the space to to this year. But uh, we will certainly be be there every year from this point on. Yeah, there's a buzz. It's it's a lot of fun. We get to talk to so many customers. I think I talked to 130 customers just myself but the booth was was absolutely buzzing with energy it was so much fun everybody on the events team got to give a huge shout out they'll produce it they're looking at me right now it was great it was great yeah your your, your booth was just amazing it uh from the moment that show opened it was absolutely rammed right to the end and you guys you you didn't stop because I, I was walking around a, a lot of the uh, the expo a lot of the different halls and come the last day there was a lot of guys they were sitting down they were they were kind of disengaged and i walked past your stand and Still. it was full on it was a hundred percent everyone everyone on that stand was giving a hundred percent uh i think uh yeah i think build a trend is the the benchmark for us all to aspire to yeah, absolutely. For sure. Well, you know, Russ, let's remind our listeners, you know, about the Association of Professional Builders and talk a little bit about, you know, what we're here to talk about today. Uh, sure. So uh, I actually started out uh, way back in about 2010, 2011, selling Co-Construct. Uh, I came across Co-Construct. I watched the webinar with Donnie Wyatt, wow. who founded Co-Construct, and uh, spoke to Donnie and signed the license to introduce Co-Construct to Australia, New Zealand, and the UK, and uh, signed up over a thousand builders over the next few years uh, onto that platform. And that led to conversations where builders had solved one problem 
problem, but uh, the main problem that they still had was generating leads. So we started, uh, when I say we, uh, my daughter and I, Sky Stevens, started a marketing agency dedicated to generating quality leads for residential home builders. And that went phenomenally well. But what we did notice uh, was when we spoke to these builders, half the builders were saying, fantastic, my problems are solved. You know, I've got the, the project management software in place. I'm generating quality leads. But the other half were telling us that the leads were rubbish. And when we delved into it, we realized that the guys that were struggling didn't have a documented sales process, which is why in 2014, we launched Acris Sales Training, where we documented the entire sales process for a residential building company and then trained them on taking a, a new lead all the way through to contract. And that went exceptionally well. You know, now we were generating the leads and showing the builders how to convert those into contracts. Uh, but we were still having conversations with builders that were time poor and not earning the kind of money they needed to be earning, which is why in 2015, we launched the Association of Professional Builders, which is a business coaching company dedicated to improving the industry for both builders and consumers. I love it. Yeah, it's it's something that we see more and more as you know, as the building industry continues to take on more technology and, you know, really look at like best practices in the industry. We're seeing more experts who can come in and give solutions to some of these problems that, you know, have been solved before. So the Association of Professional Builders, how many customers are you guys up to now? I remember last time we were on, you know, you were growing pretty rapidly. What, what's your client base looking like now? Yeah, well, since uh, since we last spoke, we've uh, appeared on the list of Australia's fastest growing companies wow. uh, for the last two years now. That's and uh, we're, we're now coaching over 600 building companies in four countries, which is very exciting because, uh, yeah, we feel like we're starting to make an impact on the industry. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it, it, as we know, in construction, word of mouth spreads quickly, right? I mean, a lot of builders tell you that builders have found an answer to these problems. I know how to solve them. Let me get you my in touch with my friend Russ, right? So <laughs> yeah. one of the things I love about your company, Russ, is you also do a lot of analysis and thought leadership and you talk about kind of the trends in construction. Uh, and that's pretty unique in the construction industry. And recently, APB put together a comprehensive sur survey about the construction industry, and it's called the State of the Residential Construction Industry, appropriate. So it just came out last week, which is super exciting. So we wanna talk to you about that today. Well, give me the, the top line highlights. What are some of the keys of the things going on in the construction industry? Yeah, and let's not forget the massive part that Buildertrend played in helping to compile this survey as well, where over 1,000 builders took part and completed over 100 questions, which is an incredible commitment, really. That uh, that takes a lot of time, and uh, these builders go into a lot of detail, which uh, enables us to collate this data, which um, really does reveal what is going on in the industry. And, uh, and what we found, there were three real key points um, that really surprised us as we went through the data. And the first one was, despite all the obstacles, you know, despite all the challenges that builders faced during 2022, the vast majority, you know, almost 
of builders delivered homes on time and i think that is a, an absolute incredible achievement and it's a testament to uh, the professionalism of builders and uh, and and i think uh, really it is linked to uh, the use of project management software like builder trend uh, as well another thing that really surprised us uh, well i guess it um, well yeah it was a surprise the number one sales challenge for builders was generating quality leads but the number one marketing uh, challenge for builders was also generating quality leads so in terms of marketing it was generating but in terms of sales it was actually dealing with quality leads but yeah. i think the thing that really did surprise us was despite that being the big challenge 64 percent of builders did not write a single blog article in 2022 and 60 percent never emailed their database and you know Social media was actually down in 2022. Uh, social media activity was down in 2022 compared to 2021, which, you know, as we know, that's uh, the, the solutions in what builders were not doing was the solution to the challenge. So that was a that was a bit of a, an eyebrow raiser, I would say. But uh, the most positive thing, I think, to come out of this data was that builders financial understanding continues to improve year on year we're still not where we need to be but it is improving year on year which uh, is very reassuring and, and encouraging for companies like ourselves so when you say there's a couple places that i want to go that with the the headliners of the statistics when you say that their financial understanding is improving year over year how are you defining that what's your measurement framework there <laughs> Yeah, we're using a combination of uh, questions and trick questions, I guess, to, <laughs> the psychology? Uh, to try and catch them out. <laughs> so um, markup and margin has always been a very misunderstood uh, term uh, in all industries, not just construction, but it's something that really does hurt builders because they end up leaving money on the table when they charge a, um, a markup instead of a margin that they're entitled to charge. And, uh, and what we're seeing is a uh, improved understanding on the difference. You know, there's still a lot of builders that don't fully understand. And, and if you're not completely understanding the difference between markup and margin, don't be embarrassed about that fact. You know, uh, everyone had to learn this at one point. You just need to, to reach out and find the answer to that because it is an important thing to understand. But I guess the biggest thing, uh, the most concerning thing in terms of financials is the work in progress calculation mm. for a residential building company. And the reason this is such an Achilles heel in our industry is because uh, it's calculated in a different way for almost every other industry, mm -hmm. uh, typically manufacturing, where it means something completely different. And, uh, and it's that lack of understanding of how to calculate work in progress uh, that leads to the ruin of so many building companies. And even now, uh, we've been uh, bashing the drum on this for over eight years now, uh, training builders and accountants, I might add one by one, on this calculation. Um, we still find that uh, only, well, less than 10% of builders truly understand it. 50% of builders believe they understand the uh, the work in progress calculation, but when we, we test them with a subsequent question, we find that that number actually plummets to around about 9.1% of builders that truly understand how to do this calculation, which, which is a big concern because it means their financials are not correct. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a huge variance in someone who is probably using that calculation to make business decisions and they may be doing it with the lack of information to do it to, I assume they're probably still functioning, but it's not maximizing the 
profits of what their pace, what they could be doing. Um, I used to talk yeah, about this all the it's, time. It's dangerous. It's yeah. dangerous because I think if you believe that you're making more money than you are, yeah. or if you believe you're making money when you're actually losing money, that's dangerous because the cash flow masks the problem. And you continue doing the same things as you always done. Uh, if you don't understand there's a problem, you're not going to try and fix that problem. So that's where this, uh, this danger uh, really comes from. Yeah. Well, and what's really interesting is the you know, these communities of builders that are continuing to evolve. It's like, there's a possibility too, that you might learn from someone who actually is doing it wrong. And then you're basing your decisions around it. So like having experts in these business construction processes and ultimately these, these accurate accounting management pieces is essential. Um, you know, I don't know how much of the trade secrets you're willing to share, but like, what is the, the trick question that, you know, people think they're, using correctly to to like run my whip but actually you're missing this key element i'm, I'm just curious and feel free to to you know hold it to yourself oh look I, I i'm i'm happy to share all our secrets uh with you zach that's uh yeah the that's benefits how we improve this industry that's right um but uh, yeah, um, I mean, first of all, I'm not sure what's more dangerous, the, uh, the builders that uh, openly said they didn't know how to do this calculation or the ones that thought they, <laughs> they knew how to, but, uh, but then didn't. But what we do find, uh, the misconception, the myths surrounding the work in progress calculation, a lot of builders think that it applies to the uninvoiced amount of uh, invoices on their contracts. So if they're halfway through a million dollar contract, they think work in progress means half a million dollars. Um, there's other people that think it applies to the, the total value of their pipeline. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of different variances on what builders absolutely or, or actually think it means, but the true, the true calculation for work in progress in the construction industry is to identify that hidden liability that is caused by front-loading jobs because we, and there's nothing wrong with this, we, uh, we front-load jobs, we mm -hmm. try to claim as much money Money as early as we can, but there's always a lag factor with those invoices. So a builder may found, uh, find that he's invoiced the client half a million dollars if he's halfway through a project, but he only has maybe $200,000 worth of invoices in his accounts package, um, which then shows obviously a $300,000 gross profit, which he knows is not correct. And that is why he doesn't pay too much attention to his P&L and balance sheet because it's wrong. But what they do pay attention to is their bank balance. And that's where a lot of the danger comes from because that money is what we call other people's money. Unless you understand exactly how much uh, is a liability there is a tendency to uh, to think you're doing better than you are and to continue working on margins that are, are way too low. But uh, yeah, to answer your question, it's uh, it's typically to do with uh, the amount of work on the go. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm not just pointing the finger at builders here. In our research, 95% of accountants do not understand this calculation either. And that's simply because of the terminology we use actually confuses them. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. And I think it just shows, you know, there's a lot of nuance in the construction process that takes years of experience to really kind of uh, be able to learn to do properly. The other part of your report that you singled out that is interesting is the way that people are, you know, calling qualified leads versus unqualified leads. And that's something that like in my line of work, we hear pretty often, you know, for you know getting people to sign over software. It's like, oh, this is a hot lead versus 
you know, a lead that maybe has a little more work to do prior to sale. So it's interesting to hear construction data to turn back similar kind of criteria of, you know, how you define someone as qualified lead. What are builders looking for when you use the term qualified leads? How did you distinguish kind of what is qualified or unqualified? Yeah, we, we have that as uh, two stages within the uh, sales process. And the initial uh, stage is a what we call a marketing qualified lead. These are closed questions that quickly establish if this lead is likely to be a, a prospect uh, for, a, for a contract build. Uh, they're simple closed questions. They're asking uh, where is this build going to take place because if it's outside your radius, then you know, you're going to disqualify it. So being that they are closed questions, they're non-emotional disqualifiers and, uh, and they're very quick to get through. And this helps to protect a builder's time. So there's typically seven of these questions that a builder uh, will ask and that will, within a few minutes, get them to a marketing qualified lead. And it can be even be done uh, without speaking. You know, it can be done via messaging because uh, that's how a lot of people like to communicate yep. these days. But the next level, which I guess is what you're you're really drilling into here, is what we call a sales qualified lead, and this is where the open questions come into play, and uh, this is where we're looking for the emotional drivers behind why us, why now, mm. because what we don't want to do is go through the whole sales process with a prospect that is simply using us as a price check, because they've built before, and uh, the builder did a great job and uh, they already intend to use them again. But just to keep them honest, they think they'll go out to another couple of builders and uh, make sure that uh, the price isn't over the top and we don't want to be caught in, uh, in that loop. So very important we understand you know, if they've built before, you know, what did they like about that process? Because when you ask someone what they like about it, they're going to tell you what they didn't like. Um, yeah, it's a very uh, simple question then. You know, why aren't you using this builder to do this build? Yeah, and they might say, well, he's quoting. Yeah, at that point, we know we're, we're simply being price checked. Um, but we want to go into other emotional drivers as well. We want to understand exactly um, what they expect out of this home that they're building and um, what the emotional drivers are and uh, and also what their priorities are because there's always three priorities that come into play and that is um, budget, speed and quality. And when we understand that, we can tailor our proposal to make sure we're, we're ticking those boxes because quality is someone that's built before. Uh, this is their dream home. These guys are not price focused. They're quality focused and also importantly communication. So we've got to make sure our proposal really demonstrates how we're using uh, a solution like Builder Trend to uh, enhance that communication. Equally, if uh, speed is important, they've got the relatives uh, coming for Christmas, they need this home finished. <laughs> we're going to use the scheduling uh, tool uh, features to highlight the schedule at a very high level. We're not going to give them detail, but that will put us ahead of the pack when it comes to demonstrating how how we're going to get them in their home before Christmas. And if it's budget, well, we're typically talking about a first uh, home buyer and uh, we're going to give them options to downgrade on the price, um, you know, uh, rather than upgrade because they cannot go beyond their budget. Yeah, that's great insight. It makes a ton of sense. Um, there's a lot of layers to pull back there. The, you know, you've spent a considerable amount of time in the data. You, you do this report annually, you know, 
why do you do it? What is your kind of end goal of, you know, getting a resource like this for builders? Yeah, well, I think it, it started three years ago. And um, with coaching, rightly, uh, there is a lot of skepticism out there in the marketplace from builders. Builders, um, you know, obviously work extremely hard. They work extremely long hours and uh, they're being sold to every uh, every hour of the day by different suppliers so they're rightly skeptical when yeah. coaching companies come along and uh, and suggest there is a, a better easier way of doing things and uh, one of the drivers for producing this survey was to be able to demonstrate in pure hard facts to builders that when you have a documented sales process in place you are four times more likely to achieve the industry benchmarks in terms of margins and uh, which leads me on to what are the industry benchmarks because I can remember when we started the Association of Professional Builders and we would do seminars uh, in Australia and we'd get builders openly laugh at us in these presentations when we suggested to them that 10% net margin was where they needed to be and that meant marking up new construction by 33%. They would they would fall about laughing and some guys would even get up and walk out. I'm not listening to this rubbish. Um, we don't get that anymore fortunately because we have so much proof. There are so many builders that you know openly testify that yes uh, this is possible this is what I've been able to achieve um, but to take that a step further by doing a survey and producing the data and linking margins to marketing results and how much builders are prepared to spend on marketing and how that affects their margins so cross analyzing and linking the data it really uh, enabled us to produce a lot of hard facts for builders which uh, you know I think you need when you're making a, a big decision like a change in business strategy. Absolutely. Data, you know, if Charlie was here today, well, he would always love to say, you know, data is, is king. And that's, you know, how any business should be making decisions about their directions. And you know, construction companies got data sources that could really improve and boost your bottom line to help you stay in business longer or build more houses or take up more staff, whatever your, you know, your, your business plan takes you. Um, I love this type of content because it just gives such credence into what we're trying to accomplish at builder trend bringing centralization of your systems your platforms and bringing insights that you can make decisions and it's also really interesting because i don't in my experience a lot of builders um are word of mouth lead processes right kind of like you're talking about where it's not written it's just kind of like well people bring work to me and also a lot of times they end up you know trying to work through a pretty extensive backlog and, and by having kind of a, a standardized process not only are you able to service more of those leads you can start to be really selective and intelligent about which ones are going to be kind of not only hitting you know um, faster timelines getting them done faster because you've worked with clients who are pre-qualified and you know you've done work before they're better but you also you know are going to be able to invest back into your business more to kind of continue to grow more efficiently. So when we kind of look at the segments in construction, I'm curious, like, does your data this year show any differences between home builders and remodelers? You kind of started the conversation talking about all the challenges of construction that we've faced over the last couple of years. And a lot of our other economists have kind of talked about like remodelers are seeing a big boost right now as people, as interest rates are going up, people are staying in place. So I'm curious, did your report show anything different from a home builder remodeler standpoint? Well, the, the data we collect from remodelers uh, 
is only the the guys that are doing contracts in excess of 50,000. Okay. So uh, we don't collect the data from those smaller ones yep. in order to keep the uh, the data uh, more more useful and uh, and a bit tighter. But I guess the main difference that we do see between remodelers and new home builders are the gross margins are typically um, significantly higher for remodelers and subsequently the net margins are higher too. But conversely, their revenue is lower and and that is because it's harder to scale a remodeling company simply because the amount of decision making that needs to be done all the way through uh, a job and i think we see this in all industries the more custom the uh, the solution the harder that is to to scale so that's why we see remodelers uh, typically on a on a lower revenue but a higher margin um, but it's also maybe the reason why we see remodelers get to a point where typically they outgrow their model and they do transition into new homes, which is a, a lot more scalable. So, yeah, uh, having been having done this for uh, a number of years now, yeah, we, we have seen that pattern emerge where there is that trans transition from remodeling into new homes. Interesting. So you you feel like people are you know the growth plan they maybe start in remodelers and they transition more to new home more common than a new home builder trying to diversify their offerings by getting into remodeling and in the case of interest rates going up yeah i I think uh, i think for a lot of builders coming into the industry i think it's less daunting to start with remodeling as well because you can start with smaller projects and uh having come for typically having come from a carpentry background um i think yeah they feel they feel more comfortable and then they start doing larger and larger remodeling jobs Mm -hmm. more and more complex their their confidence rises their reputation rises and uh and it's the next logical step for them yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, and the other thing about the survey is you guys kind of collect all this information. I think you can do a little bit of, you know, exploration about where the industry is going. So what are some of the things in this upcoming year? We're still early in 2023. What's the Association of Professional Builders focused on for construction in, in this coming year? Or what are some challenges? Well, I, I- I think without question, the market will soften um, throughout 2023 and uh, maybe even more in uh, in 2024. So generating quality leads will become an even bigger challenge. And uh, it's almost become a bit of a forgotten art, the, the lead generation, you know, the marketing, but even the entire sales process. Uh, one surprising thing was that uh, another thing we men- uh, we, we measure is how many builders run an objections manual and that actually declined in 2022 and when you think about it well sales have been pretty easy for builders over the past two years they've encountered less and less objections it's more about when can you start so it kind of makes sense that uh less builders are having a focus on a on objections manual but if you don't document those objections and how you overcome them this these are you know skills that could get forgotten just like your your marketing skills so uh it's really uh really important i feel that we 
we get back to basics in this industry and make sure that uh, we are marketing ourselves and looking ahead to 2024, what will the funnel look like in 2024? And, uh, and make sure that we do have that documented, repeatable sales process in place and making sure that our team are following it because um, you know, in sales, whether you're doing the sales yourself or you employ people, it's very easy to take your foot off the gas when things are easy and start shortcutting. And then all of a sudden, you forget what you were doing when it was all working so well. So this is why we have to document everything. And, uh, and when things do soften, we, we have to revisit those processes and, uh, and retrain, rethink, and make sure that we are adhering. Um, because without question, we are gonna see a return to the pre-COVID challenges, and that is where builders need more leads. Yeah, gotta keep the funnel up, right? Uh, they'll, they'll, you know, what our kind of closing note here, and we always like to kind of get the, the prospects of what, what's the positive things that we can be looking forward to in the construction industry. What are some, some wins or advantages that you think builders can be you know, excited about in the coming year? Well, in terms of, yeah, wins and, and really easy wins is what we're all looking for yeah. in business. You know, the truth is there are no shortcuts but if you do want more quality leads start a content marketing strategy follow up your leads using email um, through a CRM and then attract more leads by using paid advertising because 50% of builders are not doing paid advertising as well um, and uh, and if you don't have time to do all this stuff then employ people or contractors that can do it for you and if you can't afford to do that then that is a sure sign that your business model is not currently working and it becomes a, a catch-22 you can't afford to advertise because you don't have the margins you don't have the margins because you don't have the demand so i guess the uh the win uh is follow a proven model because then you will have an advantage over the majority of builders in this industry and if you're prepared to work on your business you will succeed because uh there are so few that are prepared to work on it they get caught up working in their business it's not easy but uh it uh, in all honesty it is way easier than it should be because so few builders are doing it yeah yeah the competitive advantage I, the old what's the cliche don't don't let the business run you run the business right and this is an area absolutely that, yeah. take control and uh as saying with clients you are the leader don't be dictated to by your prospects and clients you're the leader in this relationship lead the way i love it russ whenever you're on the building code the half hour just flies by. I'm looking at the clock right now and it's been 30 minutes. It's unbelievable. You have this effect. I've just like looked down and boom, 30 minutes. Uh, I guess I talk too much. No, that's no, it's <laughs> the opposite. I, I could listen to you all day and I think our listeners love this content. So thank you so much for coming on the building code today. You're always welcome back. You're a three timer. I think the record is five times. So we're going to keep pushing those numbers. And you're, we're going to get you at the number one spot here in the building code. What do you think about that? Hey, I reckon we should aim for double digits. <laughs> aim for the stars and we'll hit the moon. Yeah, if that happens, we're both doing pretty well. I hope we're both still here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Russ, uh, thank you so much for jumping on the building code. And we'll talk to you again sometime, okay? 
Hey, Zach, thanks so much for having me. And uh, what I'd like to offer you is a, a link for your listeners to, to get the latest state of the residential construction industry report free of charge. Absolutely. And don't forget, everybody listening, you can check out the Association of Professional Builders at the Association of Professional Builders.com. But we'll have all the collateral that Russ is going to give us in our show notes. We'll see you again, Russ. Great stuff. Thanks so much, Zach. We just had Russ Stevens on talking about a lot of stuff in the construction industry. Russ, of course, co-founder of the Association of Professional Builders. Always great and insightful to have Russ on the building code. This is normally the part where I ask Charlie, hey, what do you think? And it's always good to recap. We have a lot of information chock full in this episode. I highly encourage you to go check out that survey report linked in the show notes where you can get all types of insights about the construction industry, how it's stacking up across different segments, what types of questions, a hundred question survey is insane. There's a ton of great details in there. I was looking through it before the show and I was just blown away. I wish we could have talked that much longer about all the things that are happening in construction. Stay tuned right here on The Building Code. We have great guests all the time talking about things that are happening. Uh, And next time we'll have Charlie here to get his perspective. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, where all podcasts are available. This is The Building Code. I'm Zach Wotovich, and I'll catch you next time.